Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week six, day one of our study of Esther. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Esther 6, 1 through 4. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to check out all the resources that we have over at 10weekbible.com. We need to know the Bible now more than ever, so it may be your time to start leading a Bible study at your church or in a small group in your home. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We'll be reading today from the NIV. This is Esther 6, starting in verse 1. That night the king could not sleep. So he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bechthana and Tiresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. It's not clear to me if, if Xerxes Ahasuerus couldn't sleep that night because he's like wondering, what, what is you know, what is Esther doing? What does she want? What's going on here? Is, is that running through his mind? Or does he not care? He just moves on and something supernatural is like shaking him awake. I kind of want to think it's the latter just because of how all of this is unfolding. The Lord can keep us awake at night. The Lord can kind of push and prod us when we need these things. This is more than just serendipity. This is more than just coincidence. However, whatever he went to bed thinking and had trouble think, you know, falling asleep, however all that worked, this is most definitely the Lord behind it. I just always wonder, was this purely supernatural? Was there something that he would have thought, yeah, this is normal. I can't sleep after I have too much wine at night or, or something. What was it? That, that, that always, it makes me curious. But for whatever reason, he can't sleep. And this night he decides... I want you to bring to me the, you know, the book of the Chronicles. There's a reason he's doing this, right? He's, he's thinking, I want you to bring to me the book of the Chronicles where you've written about all of the awesome things I've done in my reign. A couple of things are probably going to happen. He's going to have his ego inflated because they're only going to write about awesome things that he's done or that's been done for him. I imagine, I mean, I, I imagine it's not going to be all of the, they're not recording stupid decisions that he's made. So it's going to inflate his ego. He probably is thinking, you know, I'd like to hear about all the awesome things that I've done. So bring me this. And the second thing is he's probably thinking this is going to be really boring and really dry. So bring this. My ego will be inflated while I'll also get so bored that I'll fall asleep. I think that's what's going on here. And I think as we see the character of the king here, that's just how I view this is he's like, I need to fall asleep. I can't. So bring me something boring that will simultaneously increase my ego to help me fall asleep. I think that's what's going on here. What they read to him, they just, you know, kind of do the the thing where you flip open the Bible and put your finger down, right? They, I don't know if this was a normal thing for him to do to fall asleep. And maybe they just got to this spot or if it really was the flip the Bible open, put your finger down. However it was, this was orchestrated by the Lord, right? Because Haman has just had the, the gallows or the pike, whatever it is, built for Mordecai, right? The king doesn't know this yet. Most people, they might be working on it, 
through the night. You know, it's hard to say, but he told them to get it done and it was done the next day. Like it's done by the next morning because Haman's going to come into, you know, the king's, or he, he's going to be ready to ask the king to, to put him to death here the next morning. So he's ready to go. Right. So, so all of this, that the timing of this is just incredible. And so it just so happens that this night he listens, the king listens to this boring record of Mordecai, the guy that either works at the gate or sits at the gate, who, however, he is currently related to the king. Most people believe that he was employed by the palace to sit there. This is, again, the way that things worked back then. Someone who sits at the gate like Mordecai would almost certainly would have been a, a, a like a lower level judge of some kind hearing cases as they're, you know, I mean, what better place to have a, a judge who's going to adjudicate and keep things off of the king's plate, just put them at the, the gate, put them at the door. So when, when they're coming through, they're like, hey, just we're going to talk. You don't get to go in. You talk to me instead. And if I think that it's something that the king needs to hear, then I'll I'll pass it up the chain. And Mordecai probably wasn't even the the next stop before the king. But because he was there, because he's almost certainly employed by the palace or by the judicial system, however it worked for them, he was there to hear about Big Thana and Teresh. And then we remember from a few chapters ago, he went and he told Esther about the, the plot. And Esther tells the king and the king you know, searches it out, says, well, okay, let's do an investigation. Turns out it's true. They were planning to assassinate me. They're the gatekeepers, the guys that let people in and out. And so the king would have passed by them and they've got this, they're conspiring to just kill the king one day when he's walking through. And the king just so happens to have this story read to him this night. Again, this is not coincidence. This is the Lord orchestrating all these things together. And I, I love how the Lord is able to do these things where he's able to manipulate people and events and circumstances to where this all comes together in just the most perfect timing imaginable. All right, let's, let's continue on. Verse 3. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole that he had set up for him. And some translations talk about hanging him on the gallows. Uh, he, he wants to have Mordecai put to death. That's why he's there, as he's coming first thing in the morning. To And so this is a, a, a very interesting thing. It never tells us that the king slept. I'm not sure if if the king fell asleep from this, if he didn't go to sleep all night long, if he was awake all night, totally possible. Maybe the king woke up in the middle of the night and wanted this stuff read to him and he's just still awake by morning. Or maybe the king fell asleep and in the morning he's thinking again about what was read to him that night and said, hey, what's been done for this Mordecai guy that, that did this for me? You know, it, it could be any one of those. 
I don't think the text is clear exactly how that happened, but at, at any rate, it's morning time when he's asking this question. And it just so happens that Haman has come in early to say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm going to kill this guy, Mordecai, right? And so, again, the timing of the Lord, nobody can do this. This is this is better than Hollywood. I, I love this stuff. And so, the king is asking at this moment, oh my gosh, I got so involved in the investigation to find out if these two guys were really trying to put me to death. And, and then I had them put to death. And, and all of these, this whole swirl, I forgot about Mordecai. We've got to do something for Mordecai. And this name, this name is the, the, the primary thing on the king's mind. All he can think is the name Mordecai. What can I do to honor Mordecai? And here comes Haman, ready to ask the question. King, I just want to let you know that I am going to kill this man named Mordecai, the guy who sits at the gate. You've probably seen him. He's deserving of death for whatever these reasons, right? Both of these men have this name on their mind. It's the foremost thing at the front of their mind. Haman's thinking, I want Mordecai dead. And that name is just running over and over through his head. The king is thinking, I need to honor him. And his name is running over and over through his head. And it just so happens that they're both going to meet right after he asked this question. It was, what are we going to do for him? He's saying, I got to do something right now. Who, who of my officials is out in the court right now? Is anybody there? And they're like, well, it just so happens that your right-hand man, Haman, is there. And the king is going to think, what better person to take care of this for me than my right-hand guy? Haman's there to kill Mordecai and the king is there to promote him for saving his life, for being the most loyal subject in all of his kingdom. And on top of all of that, he's thinking, and I got one more banquet to go to to hear from Esther what she is going to ask of me later today. Again, I love the way the Lord sets this story up. This is just, I think, in my opinion, one of the most amazing prophetic swirling stories in all of Scripture, how the Lord is weaving all of this together to save his people. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.